You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what's going on? As always, it is your boy Sosa Kermenges, a fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host of the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Welcome to the final episode of this week. It's going to be another Fan Mail Friday edition of the Locked On Pod. I appreciate you guys for shooting over your questions to me. And today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. We've got a boatload of questions. You guys sent me so many. I can't even get to them all. So we don't really got any time to waste. I'm going to dive right into them. And I try to group a lot of them together. So if I don't bring up your question Don't be offended. It's going to probably have another one that's very similar to it. So we'll begin with the first one at JD underscore Dawes. He said, do Cup and Woods get back to their 1,000 yard mark with Matt Stafford making the reads next season? And I do think that both guys will reach 1,000 yards. It will ultimately depend on whether the Rams do go get another wide receiver three, maybe a guy like Marvin Jones, who a lot of you guys were asking about, or if they roll with a Van Jefferson and maybe even a cheaper option. I think in the event that they do the latter, they don't go get a number three who's very established, then I do think that Woods and Cup will break a 1,000 yards. Stafford is a far superior passer at this point in the game than Jared Goff is. I think he's going to look to push it vertical. I think they're going to create a lot more big plays. It's not going to be so many 10, 15, 12-yard catches. There's going to be a lot more 20, 25, 35-yard catches, I think, for these guys and whoever else is in that receiving core. And so I do expect them to reach 1,000 yards a pop. The next question is from at Rand underscore 215 beats. He said, do you think we're underselling Cutwoods and Jefferson as deep threats because of Goff's limitations and McVay scaling back because of it? And I do think to a degree that that is the case. The Rams didn't want to throw the ball deep. And even when they did have guys deep, Jared Goff was not pulling the trigger. We've seen John Wolford come in in week 17, and suddenly they started to push the ball deep. I mean, John Wolford was willing to push it deep. He was throwing deep passes. There was a nice contested catch by Robert Woods on the right sideline. You've seen Gerald Everett go deep two or three times and get some targets going his way. Now, I don't think he pulled any of them in, but again, it's like a philosophical thing, I think partially due to Sean McVay, partially due to the offensive line, and partially due to Jared Goff. And now you have a guy that's going to push the ball deep. He does not care in Matt Stafford. He wants to go deep. He's going to go deep. And now if the Rams can give him enough time on that offensive line, maybe go get another weapon. Maybe not. I still think they're going to push more vertical than they ever have. And specifically way more than they did in 2020 with Jared Goff. The next question is from at Tom Sevchenko. He said, Gerald Everett is gone in free agency, so can you say what your expectations are for Bryson Hopkins next season? Can you expand on his skill set from your draft notes last year and explain what he'll bring to the offense in tandem with Higby? Any interesting tight end targets for the Rams in the 2021 draft? I really like Bryson Hopkins. Now, he struggled with drops in his collegiate career, which was unfortunate, but it was more of a focus drops kind of thing and not so much a this guy does not have reliable hands type of thing. He's a big play threat. He's a guy who can work up the seams. He can put his hand in the dirt. That's not his best role. He's not going to be a dominant blocker. He's not going to be even a good blocker for the most part. I don't think he might just be serviceable in that regard. But again, he's a big receiver. He's an oversized slot receiver. He's very similar to Gerald Everett in that regard. Now, I think Everett is a better yards after the catch guy. He's going to create more when the ball is in his hands. But I think Bryson Hopkins has the ability to get vertical, make big plays in a passing game. He's pretty sharp in his route running. 
And when he can create separation, this is a guy who can make big plays specifically up the middle of the field. And I think the Rams are going to find a way to utilize him in that tight end two role. They want to use two tight ends. They always mix and match their personnel. And I think that's when they're at their best. So I would like to see a little bit of Higby and Hopkins playing together. That would be fun. That would present a lot of mismatches, I think, for the defense. And so, you know, I think it would be realistic to expect maybe somewhere in the three to 400 receiving yard range, depending on injuries and things of that nature. Hopkins is not going to be a guy who's going to be utilized like a ton in terms of 80, 90, 100 plus targets. But at the same time, you know, Gerald Everett crossed 400 yards this season, I believe. He was a pretty pertinent part of the offense, not on a weekly basis. It was inconsistent, and I think it's going to be like that for Hopkins as well. But I do think he's going to have certain games where he just does a little bit better than others. And I do think ultimately he's going to be another weapon for the offense. Now, the second part of your question, one player I really like that the Rams could find in day three of the draft, depending on if he does drop that far, is Georgia's Trey McKitty. He was absolutely dominant in the Senior Bowl, unguardable, so many one-handed grabs. This guy looks like a future star, and I'm completely basing this off of Senior Bowl practice and nothing more. I have never seen his tape, but man, he was impressive at the Senior Bowl. By far and away, the best tight end, and it was not even close with second place. The next question is from at jvast23, my guy. You mentioned that Marvin Jones himself had 18 explosive plays of 15 plus yards or more this past season. How many total in the passing game did the Rams have? And how much do you believe this portion of the offense improves with Stafford and McVay and the playbook opening back up? Now, the Rams had 95 plays of 15 plus yards in the passing game. That ranked ninth. So they were pretty good. And that is pretty surprising because Jared Goff was not pushing it deep. But the Rams have always been very productive and very consistent in the intermediate parts of the field. And, you know, that 15 yard mark, you probably need a lot of 10 yard completions And the Rams do have very, very good players when it comes to creating yardage after the catch. We know that Cooper Cup, we know that Robert Woods both rank inside the top five among all receivers this past season and among all receivers in the past two seasons. And I mentioned Gerald Everett a few minutes ago, another very good yak receiver. So it's no surprise that they have a lot of these instances where they have 15 plus yard plays, but I do think they're going to improve in this regard. Now, I don't know how much because 15-yard plays was kind of their sweet spot this past season. The one area I think they make a huge leap is the 20, 25-plus-yard plays, 40-plus-yard plays. I think that's where we're going to see the biggest improvement from Jared Goff to Matt Stafford. The final question in this first segment here is from my guy Holden at Holden Cantor. He said, what's your opinion on Tristan Jackson? Do you think he makes the active roster next year? And I don't really have an opinion on him, to be quite honest with you. I know a lot of people are excited about him. I don't have any basis to determine whether he's going to be on the roster or not. I wouldn't be shocked either way, but I do think the Rams are going to look to find a cheaper option in the free agency market when it comes to receivers or the draft. I think they're going to go and look for that wide receiver four behind Van Jefferson. And then that fifth guy better be able to return punts, return kicks, play special teams, play the gunner role. And so I don't think Jackson is going to stick for that reason. But again, I wouldn't be shocked either way. In the next segment, we're going to dive into more free agency takes. I just talked about it a second ago. 
This next segment is going to be completely dedicated to all the free agency options, guys I think the Rams should address, guys I think the Rams should walk, and potential player options for the Rams to sign in the free agent market. And while I've got you, come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find me at QB's MVP, and you can find the page at Locked On Rams. The fitness industry is incredibly confusing and oversaturated with BS. My word has to hold a lot of weight. I've lost 155 pounds over the last 26 months. I've been on the lookout for the best protein bar on the market, and I finally stumbled upon the Built Bar. You guys should honestly check them out. They're so delicious. The texture of the bars are unreal. There are so many different flavors. They taste great. There's actually 18 to be exact. They're low in calories, low in sugar, high in fiber. They have 19 grams of protein per bar, and they even work for those on the keto diet. You even get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. We are covering everything you need to know about the Los Angeles Rams, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the second segment of this Fan Mail Friday edition. I appreciate you guys for sticking back with me. I mentioned before the break that this is going to be the free agency portion of this podcast. This is a juicy one. I know a lot of people are very interested in who the Rams could sign, who the Rams should let walk. Guys, I think, fit the mold in terms of what they want on defense, offense. And there were so many questions about Marvin Jones Everyone's talking about Marvin Jones, no surprise, but we're going to begin with the first question from my guy Sly at ThinkBlue47. He said, do they keep or let Austin Blythe walk? That is a good one. You know, that's one I'm a little bit torn on, and I could go either way. You know, if the Rams want to bring him back, I understand the need for continuity at that center spot. Blythe is a solid player, not a tremendously good player, not a bad player. League average, I would say right around 15th. And that, to me, is a guy that I would be happy with either coming back or not. It really just depends on the price. He's now nearing the 30-year-old mark, so probably not a long-term solution. But if the Rams do think that you know they can get him back for a cheap, cost-controlled price and use that money elsewhere, I would be fine with it. But again, I would also welcome an upgrade at that center spot. Get someone you can plug in there for the next decade, a dominant guy who's going to anchor your running game, anchor your pass protection game, and really open up a lot of holes for both aspects of your offense. The next one is from at Broken365247. Man, you guys are killing me with these numbers. <laughs> he said, who do you think the Rams should target to add some depth at cornerback? And I don't really love this cornerback class. When it comes to depth, at least the Rams aren't going to have a ton of money to spend in terms of trying to find a cornerback. But a guy that I really like is Cravon LeBlanc, the nicknamed Strap. I love that nickname. That's a perfect nickname for a corner. He is from the Philadelphia Eagles. He's a smaller guy. I believe he's like 5'9", but very crafty. He's very bouncy. He reminds me a lot of a guy like Janoris Jenkins. Kind of got bunnies in those legs, man. He's got mad agility. He could bounce around. He's got good ball skills. He's been very, very injured in his career, though, so I don't know if you can really rely on a guy like that. Obviously, that is an issue. The next name that I really like, but I don't know if he fits necessarily, is Jason Vrett of the 49ers, a guy I've loved ever since he came out of TCU. It feels like a decade ago at this point. He's had so many big injuries. You literally cannot expect this guy to even play a game, never mind actually lasting a season, but somehow this past season, he got healthy and played pretty much the entire season. And not only that, but 
He was one of the best cornerbacks in football. He was that good. And we all knew he had that capability because he's always been a supremely talented guy. The issue, though, like I mentioned, is so many serious injuries. He just can't stay healthy. So those are two guys I would be interested in at least tapping into the market and seeing what their price is. But I don't think that the Rams are really going to be all too active when it comes to the cornerback situation. The next one is from at no mob underscore M. And I'm going to pair these two sort of together because they are similar. He said, are there any realistic upgrades possible in free agency? I have no idea who's available and who the Rams could afford. And then the one after that is from at Jay Partis 74. He said, most and least important Rams free agent to resign and let walk. I do think that there are realistic upgrades for the Rams out there. A lot of guys that I look at are the guys that certain coaches that are now migrating to the Rams, like the new defensive coordinator in Raheem Morris, Who did he work with in the past? Who does he have relationships with? There's a lot of free agents coming up for the Rams on defense, so they're obviously going to need to fill those roles. And the most logical connection is the guys that he has previous relationships with. And, you know, I look at the Falcons. There's guys like Keanu Neal, the safety, who's very talented, but he's a huge hitter. I don't know where he would fit in the Rams defense necessarily. Not really similar to a guy like John Johnson, but man, Keanu Neal would be fun in that defense. You look at the guy next to him, who lost this past season, but prior to that was a great, great safety. DeMonte Casey, a guy who I'm very high on. I would absolutely think this is a home run addition if the Rams can sign him. He can play the nickel spot. He can line up at safety, free, strong, deep, in a too high shell. He could really do everything, and I really think that he would take that secondary to another level in case the Rams do actually lose John Johnson. Now, who do I think the Rams should sign or you know, let walk? It's tough to say. It really all depends on the money once again. Obviously, John Johnson, very important. I would love for him to come back. I think keeping that secondary together is so important and something very underrated that not many people are really thinking about. Leonard Floyd, another starter, very important. I think the Rams would be wise to let him walk, though. I would not feel very comfortable paying a guy like that coming off a one year of production fluke kind of deal to be quite honest with you Austin Blythe another very important player Troy Hill another important player I think you can probably afford to let him walk to be quite honest with you but you know I think he's a little bit underappreciated by the fan base so I would like to see him return as well and then that's pretty much it to me I think Morgan Fox is another name but once again just a depth and reserve player but somebody that does bring something to the table for that defensive line the next question is from at big mike la 24 He said, what position on the offensive line do you think we need to address more? And would you do it in-house or the draft and free agency? I think you can address any single position across the offensive line right now. If you want to tackle, you get a guy who's going to sit for a year or two, depending on how long Andrew Whitworth plays. And after that, you plug him in. So tackle works for me. Guard, same thing. I think you can upgrade on David Edwards at left guard or Austin Corbett at right guard. Both solid players, average, you know, solid, nothing crazy, not terrible, but At the same time, if you can go get a Larry Warford or someone like that, go do it, pull the trigger, go get an upgrade. And again, center is probably the most logical connection here. The Rams have Blythe hitting free agency here. And even if they do have an interest in bringing him back, maybe they just want to upgrade and they go get someone like an Alex Mack or, you know, draft somebody like a Creed Humphrey or a Landon Dickerson, whoever it might be. I think the Rams are going to look at that center spot for the first time in what feels like forever. And they've really decided to pass on many good center classes in the past few years. So they could very well do it again. But I think at some point, they really just have to grab a center that they can plug and play and not worry about for like four, five, seven, ten years. The last question from this segment is from at Berenson88. What is your perfect kind of realistic Rams offseason? 
I touched on a few of the names already. I'm looking at an offensive line upgrade. I would love to go get a guy like Larry Warford, the guard formerly of the Detroit Lions. He played with Matthew Stafford there for four years. And then I believe he spent four or five seasons with the New Orleans Saints. One of the best guards in football. He missed this past season because he opted out due to COVID. Now, that ultimately could bring down his price range for this upcoming season, which would just be an absolute steal because he's a stud. That is a first name I would probably target. After him, Demonte Casey, a guy who I think you can get for relatively cheap, bring him into the door, let him play some nickel, let him play some safety. And if you do lose John Johnson, you do lose Troy Hill, this is a guy who's going to plug into the defense. He's going to know the scheme because he spent multiple years with Raheem Morris in Atlanta. And he's a guy who has crazy ball production and ball skills. After that, I want to go get a deep threat, whether that be in the free agency market or the draft. Jalen Darden in the draft. Tutu Atwell, the draft. Amari Rogers, all guys I would look at in that spot. And then in free agency, John Ross, Marvin Hall, the names I've touched on already. Go get you a speedster. Go get you somebody who can take the top off the defense. Bring a different element to the offense. Somebody that Matthew Stafford is going to absolutely heave some bombs to because you know he's itching and chomping at the bit, man, to let that thing rip. And I don't know that they have a guy that he could just air it out to and say, go get it right now. So I would look for another cheap option at that spot. And, you know, there's multiple other players, maybe some edge rushers like a Melvin Ingram. But it all depends on how much money the Rams have, how much money they create by restructures, and how much money they intend to spend in this COVID market. Coming up in the last segment, I'm going to touch on some miscellaneous questions talking about the coaching staff as well as how I became a Rams fan. And make sure to check back on Monday when we continue our off-season coverage for the Los Angeles Rams at the Locked on Rams podcast. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, and has real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. That's betonline.ag. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the final segment of this Friday edition of the Locked On Rams pod. I appreciate you guys as always for sticking around this long with me and making it to this final segment. I did mention before the break that this is going to be our miscellaneous section here. We've got some questions about some certain personnel, some coaches, and the first one is a little bit personal. My guy Will Carella asked, question about you, Sos, how did you become a Rams fan being from Canada? I know that's a little bit weird. It's a little bit unique, probably. There's not many Rams fans here, not many that I know personally, pretty much none, to be quite honest with you, but I moved to Canada in 2000. And that was obviously the prime time of the Rams, right in the middle of that greatest show on turf, offense, and team. And the very first game that me and my brother played on Xbox, the original one, that big square one that weighed like 30 pounds, my dad finally bought it after we convinced him and begged him for months on end. It was a demo of like some sort of football game. I can't recall what it was. I don't think it was Madden. And you could use two teams. One was the Rams and one was the Titans. And my brother is older than me. And so he was better at video games than me. And so I got to pick the better team. And the Rams were obviously rated better. And that's how it started. You know, that's how it started. And then I fell in love with the uniforms. And I fell in love with certain players like Isaac Bruce. That was my guy, Torrey Holt. 
Marshall Falk, Orlando Pace, Kurt Warner, all the guys, all the regular suspects for everyone, pretty much. That's at least in my age. And uh, that was really how it began. And ever since then, you know, it's kind of developed into I don't miss games no more. Uh, you know, now I cover the team and it's all fun from there. But that is how it started. It's kind of random. And I think for a lot of people, it probably started in the same way in terms of video games first. And then you started to watch it and you were like, wow. And it really blew your brain watching that offense in those teams. The next two I'm going to squeeze together here at Cameron and Cole. Should there be any worries about the defense taking a step back? And from at ESPN underscore Rams underscore takes, how do you think our new defensive coordinator plays with the personnel we have on defense since he runs a totally different defense? Do you think our key cogs not named Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey fit well? And it's very fascinating to think about what Raheem Morris is going to bring to the table for the Rams here. I don't personally know. They ran a lot more single high safety looks in Atlanta than the Rams did this past season. A lot more cover one and cover three as opposed to what the Rams wanted to do, which was a lot of cover two, cover four, cover six. And cover four is obviously known as quarters as well. That's what they primarily did. Now, it was said that Morris is going to come into the building and keep a lot of that same stuff that Staley implemented and just bring his own little touch as well. And I think that's the smartest thing to do is just keep that same quarters-based defense. That's what's taking over the NFL right now is quarters. The Rams were happy to let teams run on them, yet they could not run because the Rams were so stout at the defensive line and the safeties were so active and coming up into their run fits. And that was what made their defense so good. And I don't see why you would want to change that. I think Raheem Morris has been in the league long enough to be able to adapt from that single high cover three type of look and structure that a lot of teams were going towards over the past decade. You've seen the Seahawks, the Jaguars, all these different teams, the Atlanta Falcons go towards cover three. But now I think the league is shifting away from that. And quarters looks like it's here to stay. It's the new thing. The Rams had the number one defense. You got to write it out. And as for the players, you know, it depends on who stays and who goes. You could arguably say that the most important players outside of Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald are leaving in terms of Leonard Floyd and John Johnson. So it's tough to say, but I think whoever comes into the building is going to be put in a position to succeed. And I trust that the defense will be able to still be one of the better units in the NFL. The next question is from at Movingo1983. He said, Sneed likes to double down on positions in the draft. It's going to be tough for this season, obviously, but where do you see him doubling down this year in the draft? That is a good question, and that is a keen observation, to be quite honest with you. So well done there. I don't know. You know, it's going to be tough to say. I wouldn't be surprised if it was at inside linebacker, but again, they don't really value the linebacker, the off-ball linebacker position that much. Edge rusher wouldn't surprise me. Offensive line wouldn't surprise me. And, you know, to be quite honest with you, with their lack of picks, which is a little bit of a lack of picks, it's not a ton, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't double dip at any spot. Now, you know, I think they are going to be very keen on drafting guys from the Senior Bowl, which is something that they've always done. And I think it's going to be even more important this season with some guys not having any tape at all from this season because of the COVID opt-out thing, you know, their season's being canceled, stuff like that. Or even just not being able to see guys at the combine and meet with guys because I don't think the Rams really sent many people at all to the Senior Bowl. So, you know, I I would expect to see a lot of Senior Bowl prospects in terms of what the Rams want to do with their draft class. But it's going to be a very, very different season, very different draft. It's going to be very hard to project in terms of what the Rams want to do, what everyone else wants to do. And, you know, it's kind of up in the air right now. The next question is from at Quick Hits 2. What are the chances next year that Jordan Fuller, Terrell Burgess, Taylor Rapp, and Nick Scott get some quality playing time in 2021? Which one makes the biggest improvement from 2020? You know, they are all going to find their way onto the field probably. It's probably fair to expect that John Johnson's price range is going to be a little bit out of the Rams' ability to pay, which is just super unfortunate because the guy's a tremendous, tremendous talent. 
Uh, but again, you know, the Rams braced for this. They drafted Taylor Rapp in the second round. They drafted Terrell Burgess in the third round. They drafted Jordan Fuller in the sixth and Nick Scott in the seventh. So this is a team that invested into a lot of safeties. They've had a lot of good safeties over their time over the last decade. Rodney McLeod, LaMarcus Joyner, TJ McDonald, all guys that they didn't pay, all guys that walked into different situations from the free agent market. And it probably means the same thing for John Johnson. Very unfortunate. But again, you know, I expect Terrell Burgess to make the biggest jump. I think he's the best player of that bunch. He's the most versatile. He can literally play any position on the back end. He might even be the best nickel corner on the roster right now. And I wouldn't be shocked if that's where he ultimately ends up. But I also do expect Taylor Rapp to take a big step forward. You know, he had an injury riddled season this past year. We don't really know what happened. It was very quiet and he was just put on injured reserve and that was kind of the end of it. But I do think he flashed a little bit as well as that rookie season. I still think to some of the impact plays he had and just him being very stout as a defender, I'm expecting him to at least be able to come in and provide a stable presence for the Rams in the event that John Johnson does walk. The final question today is from at KNP. He said, special teams were a weakness after years of being a real strength. Was it just coaching and what can we expect or hope for next season? And that's a tough one to answer because I'm not in the building, so I can't exactly pinpoint what went wrong. But I think it's very fair to say that it was a lot of the coaching because prior to hiring John Bonamago, he never really led a special teams unit to any good rankings over the course of his career. So I don't know what the Rams thought in terms of, you know, we're going to bring this guy in and suddenly he's going to do a lot better than he's ever done in his career because that wasn't going to happen and it didn't happen. The guy was terrible in terms of what he produced from his unit. And so that's why he's not the special teams coordinator anymore. And I do expect that to be an upgrade. Joe DiCamillis is a guy who ranks about league average, which is a lot better than 28, 29, 30, and 31. So I do expect a big upgrade in that regard. And also, I do think it's a little bit of the personnel now that they have kind of in place. They don't have to go through a Samuel Sloman. They don't have to go through a Kai Forbath. They have Matt Gay. He looked great towards the end of the last season. He really looked like a stable kicker, someone that the Rams can trust on. And so, you know, they got that guy on the roster. They don't have to worry about that right now. They got Johnny Hecker still. They may be making a change at long snapper. We don't know for sure, but they got the personnel in place. They got a much better coach in place. So I expect a much better performance, but you never really know in this league, anything can happen. That is all we got for you guys today on this episode of the Locked On Rams pod. As always, I appreciate you guys for sticking around this long and actually listening to the episode. It means a lot to me. And make sure to keep checking back in with us because we are not going to slow down with our coverage of the Los Angeles Rams. On Monday, we're going to pick this thing back up again and we're going to dive into a lot of interesting topics. We're going to continue our positional reviews as well as free agent talk and draft talk. And make sure to come connect with us on Twitter. You can find me at QB's MVP and you can find the page at Lockdown Rams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.